1: to the show. Today, we have Chris Denson. He's the host of Innovation Crush and founder of Crush Industries. Chris, welcome back to the show.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Second time's a charm. Is that what they say? Yeah, sure. Why not, right? <laughs>
1: no, I'm excited to have you back on the show. Uh, you've done an astronomical amount of stuff since we last spoke earlier in the year. And so I thought, you know, I always like catching back up with people like yourself that have continued to push the envelope and, and do innovative things. But maybe before we get into all that stuff, for people that don't know who Chris Denson is, do you want to give a bit of a background on, on yourself, kind of where you grew up, where you went to school, and what you're up to today?
0: Uh, all the all the sadness, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say uh, no. that, man. <laughs> interesting that you bring them home. My, uh, my mom is actually visiting me this week, oh, so that's cool. actually so it's it's, uh, it's a, a full circle moment. Nice. uh But no, grew up in Detroit and okay. um and you know went to school there. Went to Michigan State, uh, earned a earned an engineering degree while I was there. Okay. And packaging engineering, and also at the same time, like around my freshman year, I ended up doing stand up comedy.
2: Okay, very um,
0: cool. So. I, so I had this weird duality of, you know, uh, an entertainment path and a very like, uh, you know, problem solving engineering kind of path. Sure. Um, and I worked at Chrysler for a couple of years and was like, eh, I don't know if I'm really, <laughs> if I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I took my first risk as an adult, I guess, and, uh, and moved to L.A. and, you know, I did stand up for about six years and was writing and producing and working on television shows and so on and so forth, and just slowly and gradually made my way into marketing and innovation. And I guess, you know, the way I look at it is always, it's all storytelling of some sort. Sure. And we're all trying to find interesting and new ways to tell these stories and get people engaged, experienced, and, and serve them in, in an environment, whether you're telling a joke or you're selling, selling them a pair of shoes interesting um, and you know it, it's all storytelling and there's so many different ways to to go about and approach how you in, engage a potential audience
1: sure no that that makes a lot of sense so walk me through what are what exactly do you talk about on innovation crush and, and what made you actually decide to just go forward and start doing your own show
0: it's funny i think a lot of and I don't know if you share this but a, a lot of people who create things yeah. they create a amount of frustration yeah, you know interesting like, I, like Reed Hastings created Netflix he was tired of late keys sure. you know it was, it was just this I'm so frustrated um, and I had spent a year just kind of like going around and chatting with companies and uh, it's like in between jobs. Okay. But um, and I was talking to them about innovation, which is what I wanted to do for those those organizations, but sure. also just kind of subtly, just exploring, you know, being casual in the conversation and just realized that a lot of people didn't know what it was. And so, you know, it's, it's really easy for, uh, for others or for any of us to categorize or put things in a box. So my conversations would be like, Oh, you're a creative director. And I'm like, Yeah, but but not really <laughs> Right. And then it's like, Oh, you're the you're the technology guy. It was like Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, sure. and and so innovation calls for a little bit of you know, subtle expertise in all of those arenas. Yeah. And how do you combine them? And so I knew of a few people who were doing it and I was a fast company reader and like was always obsessing over like, Oh my gosh, how do they think of that? And yeah, you interesting. know, and it changes the way we market or live or work or play or whatever. And um and so I wanted to start talking to those people and and do something from a personal brand but also just build my network and kind of prove to those other organizations and companies and people that I've been talking to that this really exists as a practice. Right. And um and whether whether you know it or not and sometimes sometimes that label as such and such has an innovation lab. Sometimes it's just you're just doing it. It's just in the ingrained in the culture of the company. So, um, so yeah, and you know, uh, over time we built the sh- subscriber base to three quarters of a million followers, uh, with 220 episodes, the wow. guests have ranged from Damon John, you know, from Shark Tank, to cool. Nolan Bushnell, who created Atari and she's uh, had NASA's artists in residence, just, you know, anyone is, names, you know, and names you probably should hear from, sure. um, are kind of all part of the fold.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, man. I just, I guess, to answer your question, I originally started the show to get over my fear of public speaking. So, I was uh, always kind of in this the trenches building um, software products or, or doing kind of web or mobile work. And, and for right. me, it was to continue networking and, and pushing myself out of my own comfort zone. So but i I totally get it right it was frustration with yourself yeah very much so (laughs) yeah interesting (laughs) yeah i never thought of it like that but yeah you're you're totally right right it's just yeah so some form of dissatisfaction yeah yeah no it's it's been great and and it's interesting because i I think you kind of do your show in in a similar format to me where you just have real honest conversations with people, no matter how popular or well known they are or aren't, right? And I think that's what I always found interesting about what you were doing. Um, when before I even thought of doing my own show, listening to you early on when, when the show was, you know, under 100 episodes, I found out about you and started listening to your show. And that's always kind of stuck with me is how you just have. These honest conversations with these people, right? And I, I think that comes across. Have you found that?
0: Yeah, I think thank you for for noticing, um, cool. and, and kudos to you for doing it. It's um, yeah, it, and I've been a guest on shows. I've seen other hosts like sure. be very mechanical, and and it's not that they're bad, you know. Like I listen to NPR and, sure. and, and things in the morning. But I felt like if there's, A, I wanted to have entertainment value, right? Because I wanted to buy my expertise in and stand up in entertainment like have fun during these conversations. Sure. Which also kind of becomes disarming when it when it's time to ask a hard question.
2: Yeah, um, interesting. You
0: know, perfect example is I interviewed Sugar Ray Leonard and, you know, sure. at wow. one point where where uh, there was a guy, I had a co-host okay. and I used to always tease him. And uh Sugar Ray Leonard was standing up for him, he was like, "You leave Robert alone, like we were pretending we were like he was going to fight me right <laughs> <laughs> just a fun thing, sure, but then we talked about the you know uh the idea of when we talk about a singular person we whether it's Elon Musk or sure. donald Trump or whoever it is we we talk about them as a as an individual, but not really saying like there's a whole team that helps this person be who they are sure um so that was kind of a really cool part of the conversation, but then. Um, he ends up telling me how he was molested as a kid. And oh, wow. how that, and in his book, that was the last thing he put into his book because he didn't, he didn't know if he wanted to share that or not. Sure. And, um, and he said that was the number one thing that people wrote to him about. Like, thank you for telling us. So forget about the business acumen wow. and his triumphs as an athlete and an Olympian. It was, you were hurt and I was hurt too. And I think, you know, from an innovation standpoint, I really feel like we are emotionally connected to the things that we create or the practice that we do on a daily basis. Yeah. And to be emotionally clear in that process of creating sure. is super important. And so is just one of those hidden aspects of honesty, like you mentioned, sure. um, that, that provide value for both the, the person that we're talking to as well as the, the audience.
1: Yeah. It, it's an interesting feeling when, you're having a conversation with somebody and they feel so comfortable with you and you to them that they share those very intimate things with you. Right. And knowing that they're going to go up online or through different media channels. Right. And it oh, yeah. becomes public knowledge almost. Right. And that's a really cool feeling. So I, I totally get I, that.
0: It's fun. And I, you know, and thank you again, it's, um, it's one of those things where one of my favorite sort of compliments I get is like, oh, how long have you known such and such, whatever the case sure. is. And I was like, I just met him that day. And they're like, really? Like, it sounds like you guys knew this. shit like, uh, you know, we talked for maybe 10 minutes before, yeah. the, you know. The no, <laughs> the that's interview. cool,
1: man. That's really cool.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun feeling.
1: So you recently put out a book. What made you actually decide to write a book? And what's the book about
0: uh, why I ask myself that every day. <laughs> um, <but laughs>
1: it's a ton of work. I I did a tech book a number of years ago. It's an astronomical amount of work. So so I'm curious to know why you did it. Um,
0: you know, we get a lot of questions. You know, when people uh, when I would be talking about the show or just my work. Okay. And um and it's just like oh what is it? You know what are the most common things you found in innovation or innovators or okay. You know these kind of principles, and you know every episode of the show is different. Every project that I've worked on is different, and sure. it's hard to for people to see, but like on a resume or wherever, talk about your your, your craft. Um, what the common threads are, right? Sure. I could talk to an artist, and then I can talk to you know the Kinjas, which is you know, just one America's or they didn't win; they were the runners up on America's Best Dance Crew, or I right. could talk to the CMO of GE, right? There's, there's so many, and it's like, well, what do they all have in common? And so I, took, I extracted these 10 essential rules for breaking the central rules, as the book is titled, okay. um, from the, the conversations and my own personal experience. So, um, so I wanted to organize it into some basic principles that people should just be aware of okay. when they're entering you know, an evolution process. And I say evolution not in the Darwin sense. It's sure. just like we're all trying to reach new plateaus in our lives and our businesses. And there's just different – it requires different mechanics. And so sure. what are some of those things and how do we stay in the practice of innovation?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting because it's hard, right? Sometimes when you're trying to do something innovative in your space – that hasn't really necessarily been done before because in a lot of cases it's kind of lonely and you don't really know and, and you tell people that maybe don't really understand the mindset and yeah. they almost discourage you and you're like, well, no, like I, in some ways you, you don't even want to tell people you're trying to do something because you don't want their negativity sometimes. Have you kind of found that or have, when you've been interviewing these people, have you found that they struggle with that sometimes?
0: I, you know, it's really funny when I give talks, it's, it's and I do my takeaways at the end yeah. of it. That's the number one thing I talk about. There's usually like five or six that I talk about, but sure. loneliness is the first word that pops up. Um, a quick story is that I interviewed a woman named Z Holly. Okay.
2: Who
0: was the found, I'm going to, this is a mouthful. She was the founding executive director of the USC Annenberg Center for Innovation. I got ah. it right. And ah. she, she did the, she wrote the charter for TEDx. Oh, so wow. She did the first TEDx at USC as well and wrote the whole rule for it. And then somebody I was like a fan of from afar, you know, I, she, we're friends now, but I was just like, oh, yeah, we are love to have her on the show. And when we did sort of the pre call, she was kind of like, well, why me? And it was just, it was kind of a downbeat, right? Interesting. Um, and then as we had this, like, when she did come on the show, that was such a huge piece of her conversation is like how lonely the journey is when you see the world a certain way sure. and you have to carry it so far before people even see really what the vision is. Sure. Um, and, and that's a lot of weight for a lot of distance. And, and then eventually people start to jump on, but the, the emotional fortitude it takes to see a vision through, especially in the early stages when you're getting told no and how long of an early stage, it could be, you know, three months. It could be five years. It, it really yeah. depends. So, um, so having that emotional, emotional fortitude and being able to, you know, navigate and pivot and take feedback and, you know, decide what you're going to ingest and adopt and what you're not and stick to your guns or not stick to your guns or maybe I need to go get a job now. Like there's so yeah, many different things that come up. And it's a very isolated journey. Um, until you until you hit fame and riches and fortune, so it's, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, so I guess in the world. Uh, I, the, the one thing that I always found interesting, and you touched on it a second ago, is how these super successful people still have their own insecurities. Because if, if somebody that created TEDx still is kind of like, "Why do you want to talk to me?" Nobody really has a chance, right? Because. TEDx is or TED, sorry, is a huge. Well, TED and TEDx are are huge global brands that I think a lot of people know of. And if the creator is still insecure about talking to people like yourself about their journey and how she came up with it and stuff, the average person just doesn't have a chance when they're trying to come through, right? Because have you found that, or what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, what I think I think is just sort of, um, you know, when we hear someone's highlights. Okay. That's what we—that's what we assume it is, right? We've all seen the TED talks. We've seen like all these, you know, or you go to an event and you watch such and such speak about how their company became a billion-dollar company. Sure. Nine times out of ten, they're not going to be like, "I also went through a divorce at the same time," or "I also my, you know, my mom died." As like, you know, you're not going to hear the the life side of the innovator's journey. Um, And so I I try really hard to bring out just some of that realism in the conversations about like, hey, I was homeless or I don't know, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. I, one of my favorite ones I interviewed um this guy named andy walsh who's okay. the, the he, he was the head of human performance at Red Bull He's basically a scientist and he works with athletes and executives on just like pushing way beyond their limits okay will I you the examples, but look them up andy walsh okay and uh, and I said, well, if you were at the, you know you're at one of the top brands in the world working with the top athletes and pushing them beyond their limits, i mean these are like record setters sure. you know record breaking Performers and top executives. I was like, "Who's pushing you?" And he took a long pause, and he was like, uh, "That's something I struggle with every day. It's just like, uh, you know, I've been looking for a, a mentor, or something, just some sort of what is next level for me at this point."
2: Interesting.
0: <laughs> so is so even like the the little life quandaries we have that that are very much tied to our our work and our livelihood. Um, don't get discussed often enough. So I think with, by by doing that, hopefully people get permission. I had a person listen to an interview once and email their friend. So the friend told me uh, it was like, "Oh, my friend listened to the interview with Camillionaire and stopped smoking." Interesting. And then, like, that was the last that was the last result I expect for, sure. to hear from. That's <laughs> cool, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. It was great. You know, it's because he, that's what he said. He's like, "I don't smoke or drink." Because I want to have clarity of mind at all, you know, as as consistently as possible, in order for him to do X, Y, Z. And it was a very like, whatever, the hour long conversation that we had. Sure. But um, but it was it it was valuable to to that one person.
1: No, that's awesome, man. I know it's it's wild when you inspire somebody to do something that you never even dreamt of, right? And yeah, quit smoking is great. That's awesome. So yeah. But I want to dive a little bit deeper into um, the book. It's called Crushing the Box, 10 Essential Rules for Breaking Essential Rules. But maybe give us a couple examples of stuff you talk about in the book.
0: Well, aside from it being a number one bestseller, Kevin. Oh, I love it, man. um, I love it. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of that. It's a mix of... Anecdotes from my guests as well as from my own personal experience. So, okay. you know, chapter one is actually, and all of them have like really catchy titles. I hope it makes people think. So, sure. the first chapter is called Swim Like an Otter.
2: Okay. And Interesting.
0: Swim Like an Otter is, is uh, I interviewed uh, NASA's artist in residence, this guy named Dan Goods. Interesting. Uh, and he told me the story about how when he was in art school, he had a professor who had him draw a picture of an otter. And so he did okay. it and, you know, turned it in, and the professor goes, okay. Tomorrow morning, meet me at the pool. He's like, all right. And so (laughs) he gets to the pool. He shows him a video of an otter swimming, and he's like, now get in the water and swim like one, and then do the assignment over. And it's this idea, like, as creators, we're all creating something for an audience, for constituency, stakeholders, or whomever. And how much empathy do we have for that particular audience? Right. Okay. Um, Sure. So I talk about this concept of you know instead of been there done that, it's go there do that. Right. So if you want to create something for NASCAR, it's it's easy to read all the reports and have a conversation with with some stakeholders there. It's a whole different thing to go to several NASCAR races, sit in the audience, get the debris blown on your face, wait in line for an hour for beer, and you start to (laughs) see where the pain points are. And how you can better serve that you know that audience and it's again i think empathy is it's one of those things it it happens but it's not like identified as part of the practice um I and i think if you identify it, it's, it you have a you, you run the i mean you have the opportunity of having a deeper impact so we do that there's a lot of stuff like You know, build like team building and some very tactical things. Got you. Um, There's a a chapter that I I love called uh, Death by a Thousand Slaps. Interesting. (laughs) How'd you you come up with that? (laughs) First of all, I'm a a martial arts fan. Okay, Um, interesting. And I've done martial arts since I was 17 years old. But it's like one slap probably won't hurt you. Like you rub your cheek, you're like, oh, okay. But a thousand, you know, in succession could damn near kill you. Sure. And okay, it's this idea of like the I talk about the concept of micro failures. Okay. And you know these small little failures that happen regularly or in succession enough that they just start to diminish your creative spirit and you know and 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 your humanity about how you're approaching your innovation. Sure. And so you know how do you counterbalance these sort of everyday annoyances or occurrences that that pop up in our our careers?
1: Very cool. I, I love the cover of the book. How did you come up with that, and and maybe talk about what exactly it is?
0: Oh, thank you. Um, it is a light, like it's a split image, uh, okay. top to bottom. So the bottom half is a light bulb that's like lighting up. We tried to catch it in the uh, at the beginning of it lighting up. Right. And then the top half is fireworks. So sure. it looks like one continuous image. But it's just like it turned these ideas into amazing spectacles, right? Like inkling totally. of an idea into like something that's just gigantic, though. Hopefully, uh, um, I think so. I,
1: was, I think it's it's a, actually quite a genius cover. I thought. Oh, thank
0: you, thank you. It was funny. Uh, there were there were two that we were choosing from. We actually did like a little crowd uh, poll. Okay. Um, the other one was it looked like a padlock, but the padlock was shaped like a brain. Oh, and, interesting! Uh, and the padlock was open. Okay. So it was, and it was, it was just, it felt a little more. It felt a little too science. I liked, you know, I like playfulness. I like something that like, feels good, you know, um, not that the science doesn't feel good. Uh, I got it, you. yeah. It, it was that and I, and I also like a lot of surrealist art, you know. Um, sure. So, if, had I had more time, I probably would have gone a little bit more uh, Salvador Dali, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Like a little bit more <laughs> melty or something where it's just like, oh, I thought that was this, but it's actually that if you look at it a little bit more closely. Like, I like those kinds of things. Sure, um, and so and that's kind of what the book is, right? I thought sure. innovation was this, but if you start to look at it a little bit more closely, it's a lot of other things. Interesting, um, and so yeah, that's that's where that's where we decided to go with
1: it. Oh, very cool. So you're on an advisory board of uh, HubSpot. What exactly, or how did that come to be, and what exactly do you do on the the board? Well, first of all, I'm awesome. That's why they called me. <laughs> uh, no,
0: I um. It's, it's, interview over no it was <laughs> cool it, um and just through a, i guess a, a couple of degrees of separation okay. somebody had a conversation with somebody who was putting the board the new board together got you and uh had a really good understanding of where we wanted to go and after a couple of conversations and a visit to boston kind of decided to jump on and it's um it's really interesting you know it's Wanting to be aligned with companies who know what their mission and their values are, and you know, from a deeper perspective, and gotcha. um, and and can also tie that to a lofty business goal. Um, yeah, sure, it's pretty fun, right? And then uh, and then you know, it's a great network. With the fellow board members are pretty amazing, um, and the company is, is doing great. And for those who don't know, uh, HubSpot is sort of. Um, an inbound sales management system, right? right? So your emails, how you communicate, sure. follow-ups, uh, all this, all these things, but it's pretty, the way they have approached it is pretty awesome. And they've kind of anchored on this idea of growth, you know, okay. um, personal growth, business growth, and then their own, you know, they're helping businesses grow. And then they're also trying to grow as a business. So um, it's been uh, a good six or seven months since we uh, since i've been involved and so far so good um yeah it's been great
1: no that's awesome man and you have uh, a partnership uh with WeWork. do you want to talk about that and what exactly that is and how it came to be
0: yeah um we just uh it was interesting i'm gonna go book launch okay um we in harlem oh interesting um, ended up on uh, kind of visiting new york and Ended up on the phone with somebody who was a friend of mine from years ago, right? I was like, hey, cool. Is that who I think it is? And so, <laughs> you know, he knew about the journey of Innovation Crush and so on and so forth. So, we got to talking about doing a larger relationship. Okay. And so, this became a global amb- ambassador, um, literally kicked it off <laughs> last week. Oh, um, congrats, man. That's huge. And- yeah. Thank you. And so I was, they, they have a studio in New York and one in LA. So I'll be recording innovation Crush from in the studio, uh, here in LA. Nice. And, um, and so if anybody wants a discount on a WeWork membership, that's at a baseline, I can definitely help with that. Nice. Um, the you know, audience can feel free to, to email me or find me on one of the, the social medias. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fun. So, um, it's really like I actually worked at a WeWork for the first time okay. last week and uh, I was like this actually is amazing this is 100% not salesy at all like i sure. really like I knew it was amazing as a business sure but uh, you know as an entrepreneur to be there I'm like this is so awesome and I'm a member of some house I've been to, like I've gotcha. kind of done these other sort of membership workspace kind of things right and uh, WeWork is pretty it's pretty solid it's pretty solid
1: no, that's awesome, man! No, congrats. That's that's great. I I think I love yeah. when you can work out these cross promotion type things, right? That benefit both parties, and then yeah. and, and then you're actually passionate about the company, and you use their product or service, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm all. It's it's funny. I'm uh, am also a brand ambassador for Samsung. Okay. And interesting. I've been talking about Samsung products for years, and just the way like their connected ecosystem, when people start talking about connected homes and connected sure. living and with the TVs and the appliances and the phones and the tablets, right? Um, they have one of the best ecosystems and they are, you know, I've come from a media agency from an sure. innovation standpoint where, you know, the head of innovation at OMG for a while. And, um, and, you know, like it's also a media platform. So you've got like, all these amazing connected pieces and uh i have one of their refrigerators in my home which i'm like i'm ecstatic about um you know, it's got the touch screen i can pull up recipes i can order from instacart I nice. can talk to it it's pretty it's pretty it's some novelty but a lot of just like off in in the experience but i think you know i selfishly i'm a, i'm lazy so <laughs> So I'm always trying to find like, how can I get somebody else to do the heavy lifting? I mean, obviously I want to provide value in exchange, but it's even how I built my show. It was like, I was like, I don't want to, as a matter of fact, if you look today, like I don't have a huge social media following. The show has a big audience, right? but a lot of that was at the beginning, I would partner with other organizations who had, you know, a big audience, sure. but didn't have content. Right. So, so they would be like, oh, we have a partnership and let them to take some episodes that have seen their goals and initiatives are. And, um, and so you create these win-wins. And I think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we think we have to do all the heavy lifting on our own. Sure. And there's so many different ways to create mutual benefit and partnership. Sure. Um, and you know, even or even frenemies in some cases, right? Yeah, like interesting. Finding a way to work with your competitors. Sure. So it's a it's a practice that I've kind of put in place both in clients and businesses that I work with, as well as the content that I've, sure. I've created.
1: So are these partnerships sometimes paid or unpaid, or or it really depends? They
0: vary. You okay. know, it's you know, again, it's like what? How do you define a win win? Sure. You know, okay. um, is, is it partially monetary and then some in kind, is all in kind, is all like it, it just depends. And if it's a real partnership, maybe there's other things that we do together that are, you know, a little bit more monetarily lucrative. Sure. So, um, but, you know, and, that's, I, and I think that's the other thing is, you know, not be as to uh, what a definition is on a certain business construct. Sure. Where it's, you have that malleability to to be smart and, and opportunistic when the times arise.
1: No, that makes a lot of sense. So you've also branched out into doing some judging and some live hosting, some big events. Do you want to talk about some of those and, and what exactly uh, you did and how you got involved with those?
0: Yeah, it's um, you know, I think when you host a show, people are like, can you host our thing? Like, sure, sure, like maybe. But so I had a, a, an amazing opportunity this this past summer um, in conversation with Ken Lyons, and um, they were doing their first ever television broadcast. So okay, um, you know, and, and kind of sold a digital pass to the festival where you could you know log in, or if you were. A, at the festival already you had access to this right and so we did 50 hours of live television programming wow. you know over the course of a week um to about 60 different countries and uh so for the first time ever they there were three of us that were hosting there were two in studio, and then i was the guy that was roaming okay um and going to different booths and doing interviews backstage with like the princess of jordan or that's gotta it's be just, like, cool really- though It was super cool. And not only that, like, I've watched Can Lions as far as a fan. Sure. I've never been, never been to France, let alone uh, Can Lions. And then, um, and, uh, you know, so I was wide eyed at both as a host and as an attendee. Sure. So, um, so it was a really cool opportunity. Um, I, I did a book launch in London and I went and kind of just knocked on the door of those guys and they had a conversation or two, and then they turned it turned into some other conversations and then ended up in in france in in the summer so that
2: doesn't sound um, terrible at all
0: that was a great one and yeah so <laughs> was just and that's just more of what i've been trying to do like as as i evolve right and sure kind of adopting my own book <laughs> it's um I'm, I'm kind of on this path of being uh an anthony Bourdain of innovation right like gotcha. going around the world and telling you the cultural relevancy is different concepts and things and people and places and, um, and hopefully doing it in a way that's fun and cool and accessible sure. and not like too much
1: geek speak. No, I, so. I, I think that's great, man. And talk about some of the judging you've done recently.
0: Yeah, this is—it's been a busy season. I uh, <laughs> so for the second year, uh, I, I was a judge for the CES Innovation Awards. Cool. Um, which is cool, to, you know, to get an early look at all these different categories of innovation. Right. I mean, sure. sometimes we talk—we always talk about the Ubers and the Netflixes, but we don't talk about, you know, some piece of technology that goes into your uh, your burglar alarm that right. changes the game right there's there's all these uh side story I because i grew up in michigan and worked in engineering and uh for a period of time i was a caddy and, okay uh, uh, and um and i would meet some of the richest people in the state of michigan interesting and you'd be like i make cardboard <laughs> like they don't do anything that's sexy and exciting, right? Like sure. I think when we when we're on shows like this, we want to talk to the people who are the most exciting, um, and you know, or or at least that's what, those are the, the shiny objects. Yeah, so people who make like nail. I had an internship at a company that made visors for cars. Okay, right? Like <laughs> sure, and these sure. are multi-million-dollar, if not billion-dollar businesses. Sure. So, um, so you know, looking kind of being grounded in the process of judging and going like oh yeah that is a really cool category and I, and i know there's a, a thought or a, a phrase that goes know enough to be dangerous sure so i know enough i know a little bit about a lot of things okay <laughs> so, sure no it's awesome um so if you, you ask me some level of depth i'm like uh and i run out of the room <laughs> but uh if, if if you want to build some ideas i can go like oh i, I can see how that works and maybe you'd apply it here sure so being a, a, a fly on those walls. And then for the third year, I'm also um, a, a, on the advisory board for the South by Southwest Accelerator. Nice. Um, which is their sort of pitch competition and, you know, sort of first line of defense when it comes to um, the companies that apply. Right. And just being able to get a first look at what's out there. you gotcha. know, And how people are thinking and where the world is shifting, you know, and in both cases, they're international Okay. So you know, again, just having a wider-eyed lens because we can talk about Silicon Valley and LA and in New York and Chicago—you know, all the the usual suspects. But hey, this, these three people in Jakarta created something amazing, and you go, know, like, who knew?
1: Yeah, so, um, interesting. So it, it,
0: it's fun to, to get those new perspectives.
1: No, I, I think that's awesome, man. So I'm curious, though, and you've kind of mentioned it throughout the show. But I want to cover it a little bit more in deep or in depth. Sorry, you basically network and bring these connections and just kind of see where things go. Is that fair to say? It's an oversimplification, but you know, it seems like you get a lot of these opportunities just by kind of networking and be being who you are.
0: Um, probably so. Okay. <laughs> um. It's uh, yeah. I, I. It's. I'm weird. You know, if uh, I, I ask a lot of my guests what their superpower is, okay, um, and I think one of mine or mine uh, might be connecting the dots. You know, especially between things that don't necessarily belong together. Interesting. You know, um, and and it, and it's also a little bit of serendipity. I might okay. have a conversation on Tuesday, and then with somebody I've never met before, a, kind of a new business or a thought in in their own business, and sure. then. By Friday, I've met a resource for them. A good pers- perfect example, a friend of mine is starting a business based online. Okay. Um, and They're looking for investors, and they're based out of Denver, Colorado. A friend of mine is looking to do some micro-investments, and I was like, oh, we had this conversation, and then suddenly she's like, I'm actually from Denver, and I'm going there tomorrow.
2: Interesting. I'm like, oh, you
0: guys should definitely get together. And, you know, that's a one-to-one scale, but there's also, like, I may have met with a business in spotted a need that they didn't they may not have even mentioned um and then you know a couple of days later i'm like oh you know what could, could be a perfect and interesting solution is this um you know and in some cases i'll, I'll give you an example from my my days at omd which I okay. talk about in the book
2: sure
0: but uh we partnered a company called emotive
2: okay. um
0: which is a like a, a uh, meditation, sort of, it's almost like a like a connected sweatband. It okay. monitors your brain activity, tells you which parts of your brain are most active and, and not, <laughs> especially <laughs> in my case. <laughs> um, and then we partnered them with the launch of a zombie series on CW.
1: Interesting. And
0: we allowed people at, at South by Southwest to actually get their brain scanned Very by cool. this thing. That, they're, it's not like looking for tumors or cancer or anything sure. crazy. It's just like, you know, are you in a relaxed state? Are you in problem solving mode? Are you tired? You know, do you need more rest, et cetera, et cetera. And um, and it was this beautiful color coded visualization of each individual um, brain activity. And so we also did 3D printing where we, you know, 3D printed brain shaped pieces of candy. Interesting. And, uh, And basically like if your brain showed up purple we would give you the purple piece of candy and suddenly kevin gets to eat his own brain (laughs) um and i think it takes a it takes a weird skill to go like oh zombies brain like meditation like it's Uh, just that's (laughs) awesome though um, yeah so you know hopefully i get to do that uh, like on a daily basis that's kind of like you know just get to put odd things in odd places and, you know, uh, and have fun and and move the needle on business.
1: Sure. But you did it even for me the other day or like a week or so ago with Nathan from Corduroy. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Nathan. Yeah. So I, I talked to him the other day and he's going to do the show in the new year. So you've even done it for me, which I think was, it was just interesting, right? The timing of everything. And, and it's funny that you mentioned that because he's talking about, and he wrote a book about how to, outsource certain parts of your life and it's funny because i was thinking about that the last couple of weeks and then you sent me an email basically saying hey i think you should maybe consider having this guy on your show and it's i was looking for that those exact type of things and he wrote a book on that yeah and so i was gonna mention that to you but i just it just came to me so i thought let's put it yeah no
0: that's (laughs) uh, that's actually giving me goosebumps because i mean (laughs) I don't think we, I don't think we can deny that there's a magic, you know, and I don't want to get too, woo-woo. you know, sure, or, like sure. highfalutin philosoph- philosophical, but there's like a magic that happens when the right things happen at the right times, you know, and you didn't, like, you didn't ask for that. I mean, you may have, let's, let's say you asked the universe, sure, but maybe. it was just yeah. like, who knew that that was going to happen to you at that perfect moment.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so I think, I I try to just remain open, right? I I don't want to go in to a meeting with the answers. You know, my manager the other day was like, "Oh, can you come up with some pitches to for this? You know, this uh, organization?" And I was like, "No, can we go in and talk to them first? <laughs> <laughs> like, and because I didn't I, I I didn't want to walk in with preconceived answers or like here's your solution, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like I want yeah. to go in and, and like. Listen and be open and kind of absorb for a second, and then go like, "Oh, I know what you know." And just kind of uh, one more example in, in that same vein sure. is that uh, I had interviewed a friend of mine who became the uh, CMO of Starbucks China. Okay, interesting. And at the time, they were opening like a store a week. It was some wow. in some astronomical number. You know, by the end of the year, they were going to have thousands of Starbucks. Okay, um, and. She said, and "This is a principle I talk about in the book as well." She said, "For and by design, Starbucks with their C suite or even new hires, they have an 11 week just period where they don't do anything but okay. go and observe. Right? They have this, and and so she just went like she went to Seattle and and kind of just went to a few Starbucks and had meetings and blah, but didn't present any." you know decks or here's what we're going to do or here's what i think it was just shut up and listen and watch for a while
2: interesting and then
0: and then see what the answer is right or what the next step is going to be and so you know it is that sort of magic of like all right let me just be open and kind of and we all feel like we just need to do all the time at least yeah. I do. like i i feel the angst of oh i gotta do i gotta you know i gotta be a, it's a uh what was it um uh, Alexis Ohanian recently was a, featured in an article where he was kind of defaming the the notion of hustle porn. Right, okay, we hey, all have to be on all the time. If you're not working on your business, you know, sixty hours a day, <laughs> then yeah. you're gonna fail. And you're gonna, you know, you uh, know. But there's something to be said about just shut up, sit back, and kind of let your skills go to work without you forcing it to to do
1: so no i i totally agree it's interesting because even just sending somebody that you've worked with in the past like hey you got a new job congrats man like we should just catch up and then that turns into something another project that you end up working on your intention was never to do business with that person you were just genuinely like hey man like congrats on the new gig hope it's going well haven't talked to you in a while we should have a call or whatever right or go for coffee i had a
0: that's funny. I had a um, there was a guy I got introduced to, and it was probably you know sometimes you schedule a meeting like months out, which I always hate. Yeah, okay. And it's like ah. and by the time it came around, I was like, who is this? Dude? Like I just couldn't remember. And <laughs> yeah, like, where yeah. did I meet him?
1: I know you talk to and a ton, know, ton of people, funny. right?
0: Yeah, almost to the point of um, uh, of like I'm not I'm like I'm, I should just cancel it because I can't recall who this person is. And I was looking through emails. I was... And um, and then my manager was like, "Oh, I just talked to a guy named Brian Slant, you know the name." And uh, and she's like, "I didn't know he was your cousin." And I was like, "Oh, right, my <laughs> nephew introduced us." like uh, On like on Twitter, it was like somewhere I couldn't find. To you. Us, you know, the conversation. And he's the head of production at a major film studio. Okay. And so like oh, so, it was just like one of those things where it was. I didn't like, I didn't know. And now we're like, now we're talking business. Just this, awesome. But, but, um, it was like, and this, this person turned out to be a, a family member of mine that I'd never met. That's wild. Um, so.
1: no, that's, that's great, man. But, uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, the book, yeah. check out all the stuff you're doing?
0: Yeah. Um, everything is kind of housed at www.thecrush.co um, and so interviews, the information about the book, the book's available on Amazon. Um, it's got some pretty decent reviews if you believe Amazon reviews. Uh, Who doesn't, um,
1: man? With, Well, The verified way, the first, ones. <laughs> the, yes, exactly. The first
0: <laughs> review was from my mom and she that she, the way man. she wrote it, she she pretended like she didn't know me. She was like, uh-huh. "What a what an amazing book! The <laughs> person who wrote it must be a genius." And, and the sad part about that, I mean, I love that my mom did that, which is it's, it's great. But sure. uh, her name her name is Christine Benson. Uh-huh. So it's, it's like the Chris just poses a woman <laughs> and does <laughs> a review on his own book. Um, but it, it is on Amazon. Um, uh, a couple of social handles, etymology. O T Y and then Innovation Curse is the the other one so um, you know hopefully you're entertained and engaged and or not yeah I don't know but uh, it's out there uh,
1: I love it Chris well again I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day man thank you man you thank too. you okay bye, yep, bye.